In today's Herb Talk episode, Phil and I are discussing digestion and detox. Digestion because it's one of the most important functions of our body and where we get our primary fuel. Detox because with environmental conditions we're living under often today, our exposure to a potentially harmful substance from the environment and all the things we put into our bodies, the xenobiotics if you like around us, how do these things affect us? So digestion is one of our most important tools to keep our natural elimination processes working well. This for many people is especially important with the end of the year, over Christmas and New Year periods where sometimes we're exposed to more of such things. Uh, Overindulgence is very common and there's other additions at the end of the year and during this merry season, which we should all make the most of, but like everything, a balancing point comes to us as to where that best sits. Hi, Phil, and welcome back. Kia ora. Kia ora. Well, thanks for joining us again today for another Herb Talk podcast episode. Good to be here. Thank you. And sure, all our listeners today, uh, at the edge of the seats for today's um, topic, digestion and detox, very common, and all of our practitioners are probably very versed on it. But let's go over some of the commonalities that we see within it, and most importantly, the phytotherapy that can aid us along the way. What are some of the most common digestive conditions you are seeing in clinic at this time of the year? This time of year, I think probably like a lot of herbalists and naturopaths um, in early-ish December, you start seeing a lot of new patients, partly I think because people are starting to panic about Christmas coming and the festive season and they want to be able to indulge, they want to be able to go to the beach, they want to be able to, they're going to see family they haven't seen for a long time perhaps and they don't want to look bad, they don't want their unhealthy habits to be on show I guess, or they're genuinely concerned about how much they've neglected their health throughout the rest of the year and, and it's quite interesting um, that, that's not the only reason people come and see no. you but um, <laughs> it is, I notice that every year around late November early December you do seem to get a, a bit of a, a you know influx of new patients so um, and a lot of it is because they've got digestive problems um, as you say and but you know in terms of the overall uh, types of digestive problems I see I, I do see a lot of irritable bowel um, as most herbalists do I think irritable bowel and functional dyspepsia, you know, conditions where it's basically a contribution from stress in the nervous system, what's going on up here in your brain, and how that's affecting the small brain, the second brain in your gut. There is quite a lot of that out there. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of people where it's manifesting with um, digestive upset. And digestion in general, when you think about it, anything that's not quite right there, be it bloatedness, be it irritable bowel, be it diarrhea, be it looseness before an event, be it intolerance to certain foods, be it pain, be it dyspepsia, gastritis, heartburn, all of those things, uh, I guess, indicate that there's something not quite right with your guts, that you're doing something a little bit wrong, and maybe you're eating something a bit that you shouldn't. But they also can be sometimes a reflection of other more systemic illnesses. So you know, having a, a good differential diagnosis for some of these conditions, particularly where it's sudden changes in the bowel habit or weight gain or weight loss can be quite important. You know, herbalists and naturopaths shouldn't try and do it all alone where, where you get particularly an older person and, and they're getting some of those quite marked and sudden changes in, in digestion. You see it all and um, and that's just a snapshot. Um, I, I see, I guess, a lot, apart from irritable bowel, I'm seeing quite a lot of um, inflammatory bowel disease at times, ulcerative colitis and, and Crohn's. It seems to be becoming increasingly diagnosed 
disease these days, a little bit of diverticulitis, and, and sometimes cancer as well, unfortunately. So, but yeah, I guess this time of year, in the context of today's podcast, yeah, it's it's a lot of it is stress related. It's simply people just wanting to get things more in balance. That's great though to hear the end of the year people are you know wanting to look after themselves before the start of the new year and address these things. And it's to be fair, it's been a big couple of years, hasn't it, for for everyone out there. Absolutely. Um, so not surprised yep. to see stress rate conditions on the rise. And as you say, they're heavily linked to digestion. As we know from our last podcast talk that the microbiome is heavily linked to inflammatory mediators and molecules, isn't it? Yep. So you're going to have HPA access over activated and cortisol release production. All those things are going to come into driving inflammation, aren't they? Which drives gut disorders. Absolutely. It's yep. kind of at the heart of it. Yep. Uh, irritable bowel is a common condition, but one that can be very challenging. Obviously, what we've basically done is taken a syndrome of symptoms and we've put it under IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. A lot can come into that. And just because someone gets diagnosed with that, it can leave them feeling very muddled and confused and still a complete mystery to them as to what is wrong. So how do we manage to treat this best? Are you able to provide us with some pointers or particular herbs that can be helpful in treating patients? with IBS. Yeah, and and as you say, I think one of the first things to to try and get your head around is what what are the contributory factors in this particular patient? You know, what what are his or her symptoms because they are very very disparate. They can really vary. And that is partly why it's such a difficult and challenging condition to treat is it manifests in, in a whole range of different ways depending on the individual but we have at least three different subtypes in terms of you know the the, uh, the proper medical classification you know IBSC where there's more uh, tendency towards sluggishness or constipation at times IBSD where it's the other way loose stools sometimes and then you have the post-infective type of veritable bowel where people might have gone to India for six months and, and got amoebic dysentery and lost a lot of weight and got really crook and come back to Aotearoa and oh no my digestion has been upset ever since you know I can't tolerate this I can't tolerate that I'm on the toilet quite often and I'm finding it hard to put weight on that that's also um, quite a common thing not so much the last two years because as you say people haven't travelled much but there's those three subtypes but even then it, it can manifest in, in a different way and, and with a combination of all of the above you can't easily put IBS into a box in terms of its symptomatology so therein lies the biggest challenge but but also the biggest opportunity because as we know um, phytomedicines don't just act like drugs on single receptors bam 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 they have a whole team of phytochemicals working and um, as, as a true team across multiple different mechanisms of action and so first and foremost addressing the stress response as you say the you know the HPA access the, the excessive cause Cortisol, the, the feedback, the negative feedback cycle, so-called uh, adrenal depletion, as some naturopaths call it. Modulating that with adaptogenic herbs is really, really important. And, and in fact, for every person with IBS, I think they do need an adaptogen. Whether they acknowledge they're stressed or not, they generally are. <laughs> there is that second little brain there. So there's a whole range of adaptogens. You can choose them depending on you know your, your individual patient. I, I think Kawakawa is quite a good adaptogen. 
pathogen. I love Kawakawa for irritable bowel. I, I give it to most of my IBS patients. So I think it's also antispasmodic and anti-inflammatory. And it's really good where people this time of year, especially, tend to overindulge. It, it can be, it's, it's a really good herb for all sorts of reasons in, in irritable bowel. And then, of course, fermented foods, telling them to eat some healthy stuff or get their probiotics in them before the big sit-down Christmas dinner. If, if they get symptoms of IBS then, that's that's really useful. Sometimes anti-inflammatory herbs like Bicale Skullcap, like we said in the previous podcast, or Astragalus, you know, to reduce the inflammation of IBS can be useful. And, and if it's an infective type, um, obviously things like Andrographis, Echinacea, and even, you know, astringent herbs like cinnamon or, or uh, barberry, they can be really helpful sometimes. Maybe some of the medicinal fungi, you know, maybe some lion's mane, maybe some reishi can really help with the underlying inflammation and help the gut microbiome again. But yeah, be be patient sometimes and, and as well as the stress response, look at the mood because sometimes people do have a low-grade depression and that can sometimes, that mind-body link can sometimes lead to or exacerbate some of the symptoms of IBS. So, you know, you might want to give herbs like St. John's wort, rosemary, ones that are acting on, on multiple organs within that are involved in digestive, acting on the liver, acting on the pancreas, as well as the whole a whole lot of neurotransmitters. So there's there a lot is we that can huge do. link, isn't there, that Phil, with the depression, mood and gut health, isn't there? With yeah. IBS is a huge yeah. connecting point there. Yeah, increasingly we're becoming aware of it more and more as we're seeing more depression being diagnosed in this world we live in, which is which is good. It needs to be diagnosed and managed appropriately. And we don't know it's a chicken and egg situation, isn't it? Truly you don't know which one may come first as chronic inflammation often is present in depression, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, all, all the animal models of depression, one. you know, that used to be used a lot and some of them still are, and all, all the uh, the different things you can measure in, in the urine or in the fecal matter of, of people with depression, you know, there's a whole lot of things that are out of sync when it comes to cortisol and, and you know, inflammatory mediators, cytokines, but are they etiological? Are they outcomes? Is still really, really unknown, It's unknown, isn't it? A bit of a yep. mystery. Yep. But an exciting one for us to un- unravel on a positive note that we can hopefully get to the bottom of it with some time and some more research. Yeah, and maybe we won't ever understand completely why or how is that relationship, but all we, we need to know is there is that relationship and, and we need to take a truly holistic approach. We need to take a, a whole person approach rather than, oh, you're depressed, here, here you a go. Here's, here's right? your SSRI, yeah. come back, uh, next patient please, come back and see me in a month if you're not better. That, that's all too often the, the mainstream medical approach because of all sorts of reasons, one of which is constraints that they're under in terms of um, number of GPs, resourcing, and, and the whole mainstream medical paradigm, unfortunately. Yeah, you're right. Recognising it uh, goes a long way, doesn't it, uh, both um, in the medical world and in natural health care, right? Yep, yep. Detox is a word that has a lot of different meanings. Now on to a bit of detoxification knowledge uh, for our listeners today. Um, how do we describe or explain detox in, in your words? What are some of the ways in which herbal medicine can help support detoxification? We know that we've got some great herbs here. Uh, so what would you say there, Phil? Yeah, I mean, detox does have very different meanings to different people, as you say, Charlene. And for instance, people uh, coming off uh, methamphetamine or 
coming off opiates, coming off heroin, or coming off being a, a raging alcoholic. You know, stopping that cold turking or or deciding, you know, to really clean up the act over a period of a week or two or more. That to a lot of people is true detox. And, and I've treated, you know, thousands of people in that situation and seen them go through that physical acute withdrawal and that acute detoxification is not pleasant to watch or, or for them to go through. So that's that has a very serious acute and here and now meaning to a lot of people and it's very real to them and there's a lot that we can do with herbs of course and, and that's the subject of other podcasts and webinars that, that Phytomed's done over the years. But I guess when it comes to this time of year to the, the festive season detox generally to, to a lot of people means as, as I said earlier whoops I haven't been looking after myself all year I've been naughty I've been through too many lockdowns I've imbibed a bit too much alcohol I've put a bit of weight on I've eaten a bit too much junk food crikey I need to clean up my body I need to clean it up before I'm being expected to take my son swimming to the beach or go surfing or do this do that and it's a good thing you know that's that's partly coming out of hibernation the bears do it in the winter and the end of the winter, <laughs> it's a don't natural they? hibernation <laughs> challenge isn't it that's coming right, out yeah. Yeah. yeah so you know I guess but it's all relative isn't it the, the whole concept of detoxification but physiologically detoxification um, through the body cleaning it or getting rid of toxins or unwanted organisms unwanted substances or things that mediate chronic inflammatory conditions or make you not feel so good make you feel sluggish and just lethargic getting rid of those things or, or eliminating them happens through your bowels through the kidneys and, and through your skin through sweating so you know diaphoretic herbs are really good if you if you want to get it get them out through your skin and and yet generally it's laxatives appearance and, and the, you know more cathartic even herbs induce vomiting sometimes that people would use in days gone by the physiomedicalists of, of Europe and North America they would use these herbs intentionally and deliberately to detoxify they'd give you senna or they'd give you something that made you vomit pretty harsh way to detox these days we don't pursue such harsh measures we usually. tend to be a little bit more moderate usually <laughs> yeah we're a little bit more informed with and, and more subtle and uh, in western herbal medicine these days anyway so but there is a lot we can do there are a lot of herbs as we know that just gently encourage the body's own natural eliminative processes through being a good uh, liver tonic or a good kidney tonic they just help the body's own natural functioning of those organs those excretory organs to, to do their job and and there's a lot that we can offer them. Uh, that's the great news, Phil, is that there's a, <laughs> there's a whole box full of herbs for that, for de- detoxification. As you say, detoxification is a real normal process. We're all doing it every moment of the day, basically, as we go along. It's built in to our body systems. How well we do it is up for debate, isn't it? And it's very individual, depending on we know certain pathways, enzymes, genetic mutations, our diet, lifestyle, emotional and physical stress. And there's huge variance there. So what other advice or tips for how we should look after our day? Just over this forthcoming festive and hopefully very merry period for everyone out there, what are some of the top herbs to have on hand just to help us along? Yeah, so apart from trying not to drink too much alcohol and have a bit of a break between the main course and, and your, your Christmas pudding, having herbs like kawaka on hand, ideally outside your kitchen window, or having some dried kawaka you've previously prepared in case anyone gets that, that stomach ache that people do sometimes get, lemon balm 
is another really good one. I've got it all through my garden. There's never any shortage of that. If people are prone to, you know, uh, heartburn, more of an upper reflux or dyspepsia, then Meadowsweet is the one to go for. It is really, really good. You know, Philippine, Julio, Almeria, it, it is our herbal antacid, so it's always one to have on hand. Astringents can be helpful to have in your first aid cabinet. You know, that you just never know when you might need them. Um, not only if you're jumping on a plane and you've got diarrhoea and you don't want to take codeine, you might want to take something natural. Um, so there's no shortage of them, as we've talked about many times before, particularly with our native Maturi America. Um, we've got Tanikaha, we've got Koe Kohe, Manaka, Kanaka, Akiaki. Uh, there's no shortage of those that can work. If, if you um, haven't got them, though, there's often an oak tree nearby. You can use the bark of that or the leaves. Raspberry, if you've got raspberries for Christmas pudding, maybe you've got some leaves there. They're a good astringent, too. And They're a great so, astringent, aren't they? Yeah. And very tasty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and cinnamon, you know, most, most of us have cinnamon. Cinnamon, uh, cinnamon is a good dis- antidyspeptic type herb. It's astringent. It's aromatic. It's, um, you know, it tastes quite nice and, and it's carminative. And so, you know, carminative things like peppermint and aniseed, ginger. Even good uh, old chamomile for your tummy aches. Chamomile, <laughs> yep, yep, whatever works. There's just absolutely no shortage of, of herbs Coromico, if things are a bit more serious, the diarrhea or dysentery, yep, that yep. always works. I've never yep. been let down by the Coromico. That's right, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got a great lot of herbs on hand. So if our practitioners listening today, if they didn't have a toolkit made up of those emergency herbs when you're traveling, take some of those that Phil's just already talked about. And I think um, you'll be you'll be safe, you and the family, as you go away and travel, because we all have those unexpected times. Yep. Um, and often uh, timing problems come on quite acutely and quickly. So it's good to yep. just have things you know on hand to help with that situation. Yeah. Good to have your Christmas herbal <laughs> survival kit. Yeah, that's right, for summertime. So, you know, you want to enjoy a little bit of the merry season, of course. It's it's almost the season for overindulgence, but do it as moderately as you can, I guess. Yeah, and just anticipate what could go wrong and, you know, and have things, have things on, things on hand. hand. That's yep. right. And one day of overindulgence, probably for most people, that's quite manageable. Uh, you know, it's when it's days and days of overindulgence that can begin to become quite difficult. Yeah. There's um, only so much that birds can do. There's right. <laughs> so much phytotherapy you can come to the rescue yeah. there. That's but right. um, I think, you know, there are those people that are extremely sensitive, but you're really aware of, of that if you're one of those people with extreme food sensitivities or intolerances that, you know, you might not even get away with having a, you know, a meal that doesn't contain, say, something that you're that you're sensitive to, and other people can. So it just, you know, yeah. it's a very individual thing, I guess, yep. as we go yep. along. Yeah, uh, you know, increasingly people do turn up for a joint dinner, or go out for dinner, or to a dinner party, or a family big whānau get together. And there's often someone who's gluten intolerant. There's yes, somebody, you know, very there's common. somebody who can't tolerate X, Y, and Z. Increasingly, so, and that's often very real, very physical, and maybe psycho somatic, it may be a bit of both and so having some of these herbs available for something to meet all needs is really quite a good oh, approach it's great. I think. If you can help someone that's in discomfort that's always a great thing and I think that's where you know as a herbalist for all those practitioners listening today you can be a helping hand for yeah. those people in that moment. Yeah. And you can also educate them about herbs. Yes. You can whet their appetite because what better time of the year when you've got your, your sceptical brother-in-law or, or you know your child sitting there and they've never 
ever had to take hers before and never taken much interest in what you do. They think you're a bit of a quack. And then they get something or, or their mother gets something or, you know, there's a, suddenly there's an urgent need uh, for a, a first aid intervention and you've got all the herbs on hand. Yeah, it's a perfect <laughs> opportunity to show off, Phil, yes. Yeah, yeah show off, make their appetite, show them that this is traditionally how, how people used to do things and how we need to do them a bit more again in the future. I yeah. like that. It is a perfect yeah. opportunity, well said, to show how effective phytotherapy can be. Absolutely. And, and to help, yep. obviously, help people along the way is always a benefit. Yep. One little last question or way that we're going to wrap up today for as a case study. Can you enlighten us with a bit of a case study uh, about successful treatment with some of the chronic digestive problem with herbal medicines? I'm sure we all have a plethora of people like this. Um, but if you could share one with us and we could all take something away from it today. Sure. It was, I think, a, well, I won't say when, but it was during lockdown. I had a, a patient who who never actually came to see me because she couldn't. Uh, it was all done remotely, but um, like a number of people during that time, I think during that, that longest uh, first lockdown, I think it was here in Auckland um, a couple of years ago, she had developed some digestive symptoms. She'd never had them previously, but she was getting reflux, uh, dyspepsia, a bit of regurgitation even, and, and burping, and sometimes nausea and that was related almost certainly to the fact she'd let her diet go a bit astray over lockdown that had been her sensory gratification like it was for a lot of people when they couldn't do their normal activities and she'd been drinking alcohol every day um, not not hugely but you know at least one to two glasses every day not just at weekends or whatever so she was acutely aware that she'd let things go a little bit she hadn't been looking after herself as well as she she normally did she she was actually very health conscious but these symptoms were getting quite severe and, and so she'd gone to see the, the GP who had diagnosed gastroesophageal reflux um, disease and so he had prescribed Losec or Omeprazole which is a proton pump inhibitor which is used a huge amount these days it used to be ranitidine and, and um, you know other drugs that we use uh, these days they generally use Omeprazole or other hydrogen pump inhibitor drugs so she She'd been taking it for about 12 days, didn't like taking it, and and she was looking for alternatives. She'd started to improve a little bit, though, because of the low sec, I suspect. So we looked at her diet a little bit, and, and we you know made a few recommendations, because one of the things she had done, unfortunately, was even though she'd really cleaned it up uh, quite a lot and reduced the junk food, she'd become a little bit too restricted, in my view, and you know really quite narrow, um, to the point where she was worried about certain foods foods that were triggering these symptoms so she was avoiding things and over a long period of time I could see that might potentially become slightly obsessive perhaps and, and maybe even lead to nutritional deficiencies so one of the things we talked about initially and, and with subsequent consults was it's a good thing to have a diverse quite broad diet but that can be really hard to, to talk particularly remotely um, with somebody who knows their body better than you do but you know, the, anyway, to cut a long story short, so the, the mix that I gave her was surprise, surprise, withania, uh, lemon balm and meadow sweet and a bit of fresh dandelion. I forgot to mention that she also had a little bit of a predisposition to constipation. That was part of her digestive symptoms. She, she used to get bunged up. So I like using dandelion whole fresh plant and, and people where um, they, they are that way inclined. It's not a laxative as such. It's very gentle. It's quite sweet tasting. Mm-hmm. 
and um, it's a good good way to make your mix taste a little bit nicer rather than needing to use just licorice. You can put some fresh dandelion on it. So I gave a 20% meadow sweet and 35% of Phytomeds 1 and 1 with Anya. That, that's all that was available at the time. She came back, or I saw again, remotely again, about three weeks later, and she'd stopped the low sex soon after the first visit because she felt it was really causing nausea. She didn't like taking it, and she was okay for a few days, but then her symptoms had started to worsen again, and she'd used Gaviscon. But increasingly, she was finding that taking the herbs straight after every meal, that mix seemed to, to be helping her with some of the symptoms that would otherwise appear, particularly the heartburn. She was still getting periods of stress. She had a fair bit of work stress going on. So I made up another mix, very similar to the first one, but um, I gave her a bit more with Ania and a bit more meadow sweet. I actually took the fresh dandelion out. Now I had 15% in there earlier and I changed it to 5% licorice because I wanted to give her more with Ania and more meadow sweet. And I also upped the dose. Instead of it being eight mils twice a day previously, like it was previously, mm. I changed it to seven mils TDS or three times a day with every meal because she was kind of having it that way anyway and I thought that higher dose with meals in her case was appropriate and I additionally gave her a small mix of a, of a stress tonic, a relaxant tonic <coughs> with kava and passiflora or passionflower so she took that for a month came back and, and it seemed to really do the trick, that combined with her ongoing lifestyle changes and, and she continued to take that mix uh, for about another 2-3 months and, and to stay off the alcohol and stay on a good diet, exercise more and, and her symptoms resolve completely. So she she ended up pretty happy, I think. Thanks, Phil. That's a lovely example of uh, balance in its finest. Um, the beautiful formulation of herbs, obviously, but obviously for her... It was about bringing things back into perspective as much as it always is, I guess, for all of us, alongside, you know, trying to treat her what she wants to get the results from right, what she came to you for, the digestive issues. Absolutely. There's no one formula for everyone. Everyone's different. And that's why practitioner herbal medicine is so powerful and so so valuable and so important, I think, in in the healthcare system of our country. It is, and it's a reason that... um, I think we fill a gap where, you know, there is a need for it as well, where we can have a bit more time or we make that time as important as part of a consultation to listen, to care, to to make an effort to address the whole picture yep. um, rather than just a Band-Aid approach or a very acute approach. But that too has its place, of course, but I guess, you know, just as a highlight, that's where herbs are really strong, isn't it, for, yep. for management ongoing care, and that's where they fit in really well. Yep, particularly <laughs> for digestion Yes. stress and, and perhaps yes. to some degree this time of year. <laughs> yeah. So then a wonderful message here for everyone listening today. Uh, end of the year, moderation, balance, uh, forever. <laughs> have fun, but have your herbs on hand. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, thanks, Phil, and thanks to all our listeners thanks out Charlie. there. Ka kite anō. Ka kite anō.